Blog Talk Radio. All powers to oppress people. African power to an African people. Black power. It's your brother, Chairman Yang and Krumah. People's Black Panther Party, Independence, Black Talk Radio, coming to you again, Radical Wednesdays. Well, we just get out there, we just discuss, like we do, community life, everyday living, uh, and some, and we understand that the coaches have changed, it's getting crazy, we look at Chicago, we look at the murder rate in Chicago, other similar cities, similar, maybe not to that extent, man, that's, you know, a whole new height there, a whole new level of the game, but um, other cities following that trend. And we understand that we need radical solutions. But today's show is just on that, the trials of a revolutionary. The day in and day out makeup. The side that's opposite the sensationalism. The side that's opposite, you know, our Facebook uh, personas. I know we, you know, we come out there. We have a tendency to be on Facebook and other social media, Instagram and stuff, and make ourselves look superhero-like, God even. But let's have a real discussion and a real rap about the day-to-day things that you go through. For those parents out there, for those of us that are parents and have children and trying to balance this um, thing we call revolutionary movement with being you know, functional at the very least. And by having created very, in my opinion, of course, this is my opinion. And listen, this is People's Black Panther Party, Independence, Black Talk Radio. You always have that opportunity to press one, chime in, questions, comments, critiques, whatever. But in my opinion, strong enough um I don't even want to say community because communities are so in this in this age of information, how we're connected across the world at the push of a button. I mean, knowledge, any type of knowledge is really accessible to us. It is literally at our fingertips. So we're living in a global community. It's I mean, we have that connection. It's worldwide, it's international. So to keep I think for us to keep saying this conscious community or this conscious um, you know, system is still very small. I'm not going to say primitive, but I'm going to say small. So I think that at the very least, we should start look at, at developing societies. But what goes into society? So in this in developing these societies and having a lack of a society that really is, um, you know, like I said, in my opinion again, strong enough to sustain us, that is strong enough to sustain us, we know not economically because we haven't been in the producer, the raw materials, the raw resources, producing and distributing strong enough for us to be completely independent of any outside entities or any entity that would wish us harm. Let's say that. I like that. Any institutions or entities that wish the African here in America harm all will contribute and participate in their deliberate hindrance and instruction, obstruction of the natural evolution of the African here in America. Let's say that we're not even strong enough economically because we haven't built enough industry or made ourselves dependent enough to say, hey, you know what, you sponsored this, 
you sponsor this politics, you do this, you do that, so we're going to withhold those funds because even if we would like to, a lot of instances, and to really do it to the point where it's gearing towards our independence, we haven't built up strong industry. Because we still wrestle with the day-to-day how to be revolution and how to function in this society. And one of the reasons I believe they're in, and I'm not a psychologist, just throwing my opinion out there. And feel free at any time to jump in. I believe there again because we have created such a utopic uh, vision that a lot of times the way that we say that we're going to obtain it or even the vision for it borders absurd and ridiculous. Not very well thought out or very planned. And that's because the day-to-day rigors of society beat us and brutalize us so much that we've created this heaven. We've created this Peter Pan Never Never Land to escape the rigors of the everyday psychological, physical, emotional, mental, well, I said psychological, spiritual abuse, exploitation, batter, and oppression. So we've created in our communities, we've created this fairy tale society. That isn't backed by any real, even moral and ethical infractions can't be dealt with properly in this society. And I honestly would say it goes back to us failing to deal with our day-to-day, to take the revolutionary theories and practices and apply them to our day-to-day struggles. See, that's the challenge of the revolutionary. You see... The revolutionary's job is not to stoke their anger or the resentment or even the hatred of any people against another people. The revolutionary is not a sower of um, hate and animosity and all these ugly black feelings that plague one's being. And what is inside of you starts to come out, and after a while you can't, you wonder why you espouse hatred and venom toward people who look like you who suffer the exact same struggles that you suffer. You wonder why this comes out, because you have nursed this seed of hatred and disdain. And those are twins to hopelessness and despair and other uh, depowering words from African people. See, I don't have to spit venom on the cracker. He know he a cracker, and he know why we call him crackers. Some have said that it's because he cracked the whip. So are you upset that I stating the truth? Is it too, does it, does it expose the true inhumane nature of not just your psyche, but also of your system that was built off the backs of slave labor and the genocide of a people and still persists today through the uh, intentional, intentional dumbing down and neglect and uh, economic exploitation of the African community here in America. But I, but, but I'm not going to teach hate because that hate won't empower me. So what I will teach is self awareness, and self awareness will then breed. You see, not 
teaching self-determination, but that self-awareness then begin to breed the need for independence and self-determination. This is what we begin to teach, but how do we teach it? How do we teach it? How do we teach it? How do we deliver it in a, in a message to the masses of the people that it is effective, that it doesn't just seem like more rhetoric, more religion cloaked in new terminology, it's new customs and rituals and symbols and emblems. How do we make the everyday masses of the people see that it is more than that? It's more than just smoke and mirror. And this is by offering not just programs that address, but an ideology that addresses the day-to-day trials and tribulations of African people here in America. That's simple. That's the only way for our people to understand how serious this is. They must see where it's bettering the trials and tribulations, where it's bettering the day-to-day life, where at the very least it offers a solution, a glimmerance of hope. It leaves you coming away with the feeling that This isn't going to be so bad after all. I can make it through. This is the job of the revolutionary. So teaching this ideology, teaching this way of life that addresses everyday needs and issues of the people, and what is it called? Practical, applicable black nationalism. Practical and applicable Black nationalism, a black nationalism that speaks to their hearts and pains, their anguish, their frustration, their despair, and not only speaks to that and addresses that, but offers real solutions to start a step, a a to start the first motion, to start the first movement in the journey to redemption and healing, to the to to offering solutions. Bring you out of that confused and muttered mumble stage that you're actually lost, that you really have a clear idea. Applicable, practical black nationalism. Something as simple as bringing, putting more black images, understand attacking the psychological, attacking the psyche of our children. Providing. More African art and black imagery, exposing exposing them to an African culture. The museum, events and festivals, and not just African cultures. Make our people versed. We were the teachers of civilization, therefore we must know about civilization. Teach our children about other cultures. Not in the sense we teach our children about other cultures, no disrespect to our martial artists. Much love to my martial artists. But when you're sitting there, ooh, ching, ching, you're honoring Chinese masters, Master Sun Lao Ching. You're other type of, and which is cool. You know, hey, listen, let me tell you, do your thing. But when it's elevated, when it's not taught as a part of your art, when you take on a persona, 
when your images are all Bruce Lee images on the wall and Chinese yin-yangs and zing-zong, surrounding yourself with this ancient ancestral magic, this energy that's coming to it, that's addressed their day That's how they made it through their day-to-day. And your children see this. And them being black, little black children, I mean, we're empowering this other culture. So they think that to get through their day-to-day, they must try to use this other culture, apply it to their unique, specific issues as Africans here in America, and it always, inevitably, ends up a complete and total failure. Always. There's never a time that we can emulate any other people to the success of that people. We made those people so That's why your ass emulate them. Because they didn't emulate you. They maintained their, their heritage and their culture. They found in those things that were primitive and outdated, what did they do? They learned to revere those things, honor those things, hold those things sacred that founded their very nation, that founded who they are as a people, and they built shrines for those ancient things, and they keep up with the modern world. The Japanese are some of the most ancestral acknowledging people that you probably would ever want to meet outside of us Africans who know what time it is. But they're probably some of the very traditional. You take off their shoes. I heard they're very polite. The few that I've been around, I'm not going to say I've been around a lot, like it's been, but I've been around a few. I've had an opportunity to experience a few, and they were very, um, you know, cool. Like, they were very, uh, when I went to them to meet them, they were very, you could see they were modern. They had clothes on, you know, suits and stuff. But they had a, is the way they blended their ancestry with modernity. You know, these are people who are running. Chinese stuff is everywhere over the world. But you go into their homes, they're very ancestral base. They acknowledge. And that's how they got through their day-to-day. As time evolved, they evolved, but they never forgot where they came from. Us as Africans, we begin to disrespect where we come from. We'll go so far, excuse me, We'll go so far as to have things on Facebook saying, I am not my ancestors. I'm not my grandparents. How disrespectful. It's very disrespectful. I mean it. You need to just cut it out. All of that sound cute and stuff, man, stop that, please. It's terrible. When the people not only don't deal with their women in a proper manner and allow their women to be exploited and mishandled and misused and we don't offer defense for our women and uh, at the and the worst, at the very worst, respect our women. We don't respect our women. And when you see that, but what really is the destruction of a society? That that's the downcline. When you see that, that's the decline. When when the society starts disrespecting their women, that's the downcline. But when they disrespect their elders, that society is dead. When you disrespect the life blood and the teachings and that wisdom that is walking around in those veins, that experience, the lessons that can be learned and gleaned from that person who has persevered and fortitude through struggles. When we find a disrespect for the elders, then we find death in the society. And that's what happened to us. And there again, it goes back to 
why we stand our day-to-day. So we find our day-to-day answers in other places, and those answers are not quite fits because that's not the problem. If the answer is three, but the problem is one plus one, that is not the answer for my particular specific, unique, individual, as a people, collective, I'm going to say individually collective, problem. And to try to use another culture or another people's way, how they answer the day-to-day is putting a band-aid on it. It's putting a band-aid on it. So the revolutionary one of the, the uh, things of the revolutionary, so the revolutionary job is to one of the main tasks task of the revolutionary is to discipline, to train, to present certain techniques and things that the masses can begin to discipline themselves to resist certain Eurocentric thoughts, certain unhealthy desires. They can start to resist these things, discipline themselves, and once they're still enough, that they have steeled the mind enough, that they have detoxed, that they have detoxed from this mindset, then they can sit still enough to hear reasonable solutions. But it's hard to tell a man about accountable spending, about collective spending, about building communally. You know, pulling the economics together and moving as an economic block, really understanding what we're investing in when his success lies in Gucci, 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 Versace, 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 the latest rims, the latest sneakers. And I got to have that television. Boy, Dre got the beats out, son. Got to have them earphones. When their mind is preoccupied by the glitter, when that has been pumped up so much through their propaganda, That that's the be-all, say-all, that's the sum total of existence, then we we uh, have to understand that that message may miss them. They may completely miss that message. So the first step is the revolutionary must provide the techniques, the outlet, the means, the groups, the sessions that one, even if they're one on one, to begin to emotionally, mentally, physically, and I dare say it hell, even spiritually, teach the people to discipline, to get that discipline to be still in those apartments, to detox from the poison that has been constantly, that they've been bombarded with. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You think that you're not being bombarded. It's not just television telling lies to my vision. It's not just television. It's not just radio. Billboard that you're riding by subliminally message. It's the stores lighting and blinking at certain times in certain ways in a certain manner. It's the colors that they do marketing and research to find out brings out certain emotional reactions in you. Certain colors elicit certain feelings. Hunger. Pain, sadness, sickness. So they put these emblems and symbols and all this is blinking and flashing at you. Come no other place I saw it better. A perfect example, a prime example of it is when I was fortunate enough to ride through Manhattan. I believe it was Times Square. Man, my mental, my psyche was so bombarded. Everything was blinking and flashing and giant size, 
supersized everything. And cartoon characters was riding across the cross. I seen Iron Man and Batman and Superson. It was just the freakiest, wildest, craziest, most exhilarating, exciting scene I had seen ever. And all of this was bombarding the senses. A high pod, everything, things I'd grown up on, things that should have disgusted me, that didn't disgust things. I seen Muslims praying, the Africans shooting the black fence. It was a trip. So the African is bombarded with this, and these images are for a reason because these images should elicit in you certain feelings that you have emotional ties to from infancy, from his earliest infancy, and that wasn't by accident. You've been bombarded with things in your day-to-day life that you need to ask him, my baloney has a first name. They bombarded you with that. You automatically know that's Oscar you're triggered. That's a generational song. It ain't nobody you can't trust in that song. They don't pay. So they bombarding you from infancy. You're hearing this commercial. Then you got to take Oscar Mayer. You don't eat to be hung. You don't eat to sustain a hunger anymore. The first thing that's coming out of a lot of the mouths mouth, are, I have a taste for. What do you have a taste for? I have a taste for ticking. I have a taste for not that I hunger. Not that I need some nutrients. Not that I need some substance, but I have a taste for. So we've taken on the Eurocentric uh, disease of, in a lot of instances because there's nothing wrong with enjoying with enjoying the nice things of life. These are one of the blessings to me, uh, Most High. These are the little things that help us get through the day to day, or the blessings of life. The little so there's nothing wrong with the little enjoyment of that. But what ends up happening and what we find coming from that is that if we don't have that discipline, we were talking about earlier, that revolutionary discipline, this is why it's necessary for the revolution, the revolutionary to revolutionize. If we don't have that revolutionary discipline, then a little enjoyment of the pleasure, a little taste of that sweetness from the most high turn into a major thing. We start to indulge ourselves and overindulge ourselves, and therefore we practice the European way of gluttony. You begin to follow ways of gluttony. You overconsume your pig. You begin to be a pig. And I'm not going to who, you know, resembles pigs. But you begin to do what they do. You begin gluttony. You become gluttonous. And gluttonous, it doesn't just, it's not satisfied with just gluttonous for food. You become gluttonous for everything. Overconsumption of alcohol and not any more enjoyment, you're overconsuming. You're drunk. Overconsumption of sex. You just begin to practice his ways. And when you understand when a nation practices the ways of gluttony, why hell? Just look at the European. He practiced the ways of gluttony and he came and took and murdered and maimed and robbed the whole nation. His appetite and his desires weren't satisfied with the little things he had in Europe. He had to begin expand. Because this is what gluttony does. It doesn't teach a communalism. It teaches a capitalism. It teaches the get mind to feed, to feed, to feed, to indulge, to indulge and overindulge, even at the expense of the human populace. In fact, in fact, since we, we, we not only, not only will we incorporate the African in this plot, like we've done every other people of color, 
but then we'll create our own subservient class called a nigga. You're bad. Let me tell you, Sean, how greedy you must be. When you play God to the extent of altering people's genetics, you're intermingling, you're removing people from their tribe, you're erasing historical ties and cultural ties, you are actually playing God. And I would hate to be if you're believing God, believe in divine retribution and justice. As manifested, as they say in the Lord's Prayer, as on earth as it is done in heaven. So as that divine retribution and justice is done in heaven, so it be done on earth. That type of thing, if you're one of those people that believe in that, I would hate to stand, have to stand in their shoes, answer and atone for the crimes that they've committed against, first and foremost, the people which I belong to, and that's an African people. We let the other people bring them up in the tribunal, their crimes and their charges against them. But I'm speaking for the black man and black woman today, this very day. The crimes that you have done to us alone, You see. So how do we deal with that? How do we deal with that? And we wonder why our day-to-day is, is thrown. Because once you can start to do this, there's not enough hours in the day. One of our things is when you emulate a people's culture, your day-to-day is going to be a parallel universe of their day-to-day. If their day-to-day is successful and prosperous, by hell, you have to be the yin to the yang and the yang to the yin. There's no light without dark. There's no good without bad type of thing going on here. So if you have a people who day-to-day is prosperous and successful and sunny and safe and stable, you must have a people whose life is just the opposite, dark and unstable, unfavorable and poverty, because that's what maintains their lifestyle. That's what maintains their lifestyle. So when you have your day-to-day like this, these are the things you're suffering in your day-to-day, then how can you be expected to see a sunny day practicing in, in a black power and all the success you've seen has been a white man? You question it. I know you do. I know you do. How do I know that you do? Because you live your black power life separate. And I'm not mad at that. Set with that for the very fact that the revolutionary, we understand we were talking about our day to day, so what the revolutionary has to understand is that there is, that's where that, that sense of obligation and responsibility come into play. The revolutionary understands psychological damage done to people, so it understands that the revolutionary at this point, it's not just this badass black militia brother holding the gun, but at this point is a psychologist, is a doctor that is coming in to address this very real need in the community, and that's a psychological issue. Because, like I said, once the people start to can address that, but how do they address that by these programs of addressing their day-to-day applicable programs? Because once the people are skilled. Once the revolutionary that area has created a culture, a revolutionary culture of discipline. See, it has to be that culture has to be created. That's a culture that has to be created. That's a way that has to be practiced. That is not just 
in the uh, physical look. You know, like I said, man, we've entered this age sensationalism. Well, we believe revolutionary. We've been so into the hype and then romanticism. See the images of our dear brother, Defense Minister Huey and uh, Malcolm looking out when we fall into the propaganda works. It should inspire and motivate, but theories and practices can be built on propaganda. So the revolutionary begins to take on the hard work, to ask the real questions, to begin to develop the community to do for themselves. Revolutionary is not a photo. It's not there for a photo, a photo opportunity. It is all about providing the masses of people with tools to do for themselves. And in order for them to want the tools to do for themselves, they have to know who self is. And in order to know who yourself is, you must first detox. Eurocentric way of thinking. That's it. It's that simple. You have to detox it. Black nationalism has to be taught. The ideology of black nationalism has to be pushed and promoted, and it has to be promoted in a way that it that it addresses the everyday applicable struggle of the revolutionary right here in America, the African right here in America. And like I said before, how do you start? Start with healthy black images. Start with healthy black images. Our children are bombarded with images that are not only unhealthy to them, these the images of self-destructive behavior, misogyny, a lot of times buffoonery and comedy, and nothing wrong with getting your laugh on. I love to laugh. Laughter is good medicine. But when our people are restricted, to roles that there's more celebrity in and more pay in running a ball, telling a joke, or singing a song. When that are the top priorities in any society, that, that society has to really look at where it's going and what it is functioning to do and what role it plays. I believe it's number five. I want to say number five. We want an education that teaches the, one of my favorite platforms, the true nature of this decadent society and the black woman's man and role in it. So when the highest aspiration in your community is to entertain, do you think it might not be possible that you have been bred to be a race entertainer? Labor and entertainers. Never to be taken serious. A pet nigga. You're a good nigga. Oh, that nigga can run the ball. It's a dunking nigga. There's a dunk. Oh, that is a same nigga. You know that nigga. That thing's what's what, babe? Babe, what's the one nigger's name? What nigger? The nigger saying. The things what? The nigger that sings, dunks, and acts, and tells jokes. That nigger. You know what I'm saying? When this is the so, how do you start to get your people to aspire for more? How do you get to get your people to aspire for more? And how do you address, see, this is what we have to talk about in our day to day, how do you address the class divide? We can't pretend that that doesn't exist. 
How do we address that? How do we address the brothers and sisters that have a little something and quite don't see we've turned into, we can't turn into the welfare office. You can't turn into the next soup line. The Real Revolutionary doesn't. Oh, I learned some feelings tonight. I know. I'm stepping on some toes tonight. What you saying, Brother Yanga? Don't help the people? That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying that you can't get sidetracked or distracted from the mission because the way that we're going, but I, I think what it is is very few of us, and I'll say us in that in the spirit of communalism, very few of us know what the overall or have a overall goal and objective, even though it's stated in the 10-point platform and point number 10 about us governing our own nation, but not only not know the end game and the end result, what we're fighting for, trying for, but have no idea, don't have a clue in the first step of heading in that direction. Because if we did, our day-to-day wouldn't consist of a bunch of rhetoric, reactionaries, and sensationalists waiting for the next event. Never are we, as a revolutionary, amongst masses of the people, offering these day-to-days in things and areas that they need. So he said, like I said, we start with healthy black images for our children. And sometimes you're going to take a loss. Maybe you need to get somebody like Harriet Tubman, especially so-called Black History Month. And the party run off a couple thousand flyers. It ain't that cheap. A couple thousand uh, papers with a black known fact. Something easy for the babies. Don't nobody want to sit there and read four, five paragraphs, man. Something easy for the babies. A free Mumia color page. Post a flyer, a little thing. Cartoon drawing. Appeal to the children, you just pass them. Even if you see them on the ground later, you just pass them to the babies. Simple things to begin offer resistance because our target, our demographics, is the masses of the people. Once the people have to get to know you, they have to see you consistent, and it's going to start out slow. And then you got your little spot to meet them. And you're offering practical solutions. You're identifying your awesome material, your people material, practical solutions. Because the the goal of the revolution, one of the goals of the revolution is to change, is to better our living conditions. How can I do that if I don't address my day-to-day living conditions conditions now? Don't tell me about some great holy war, some conflict between me and some white boy, and we're going to shoot it like I'm a Viking going down about how or some crazy shit. Don't tell me I've got to sit here and eat vegetables and I can't eat meat and the way to do this is to clear and I clean my colon and boo-boo three times a month and eat some this drink or that drink. And if I don't do that, there's no salvation. Don't tell me that. How can we incorporate all these various ideas in such a manner that when we go to the everyday masses, who is for? We've created in our day-to-day like I said, the reason we can't address our day-to-day is because we've created this utopia. The revolutionary has become escapists. We've used consciousness as a drug. You're like the druggie. You're looking for a way out. So you created this 
utopia, this false society that we intermingle in, that I see you in, you see me in, and this is what it is, but there is no real substance coming out of it besides it being a social pool. The revolutionary must get out there and start to pull away from that because it can be alluring. You can get with Oh man, it's 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 better than Lifetime Channel, I believe is the name of that channel. That entry that's got to there's a little naughtiness naughtiness even going on in there. Whatever you want you can find in there. It's 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 amazing. If you're not focused on revolution. If that's your intention, it has what you want. It will offer what you seek. I promise you. But if your focus is revolution, then you don't have time to be caught. You miss things. Somebody has to call and tell you, like, man, I didn't know. Because you're not in that circle. You're too busy trying to make things happen for your people. You're out here amongst the masses of the people. You're sowing a seed in rocky soil. Always receptive. It's the people don't receive it. I mean, I didn't heard that black power shit, Yank. Well, let me ask you this. My favorite one. Bill Panther, what y'all doing for the people? I love it. That's my favorite one. If you, what y'all Panther's doing for the people? Black, what are you doing for yourself? What are you doing for us? How are you helping us to help one another? Because I'm not the Red Cross. I'm helping me, which in turn helping you helps me. But I am a Panther part of the people that are being helped by the program. This is what they have to know. There's no Messiah complex. We're not the black superheroes that come in and save you. We offer the materials. We offer the training. We offer the motivation and the inspiration for you to save yourself. Too many of our formation and our comrades have gotten caught in romanticism, adventurism, they call it. And with the mass of cheering, the cameras turn on. In their minds, they're hearing trumpets and theme music. And that cape is flapping in the wind, not offering any real solution, any real hope to our people. It's more sensationalism. And a lot of cases, you find them coming back later saying, I wish they never would have came to my city. They made it worse off than it was when they before they came. Because repression is real. See, we're in and out. we there to create a media frenzy, to bring the police on the local black community, on the local African community in that city, and then we're out leaving the residents of that place to deal with it, not leaving people behind, representatives behind, to help them not only to cope, but to deal with it. You see? So where are the programs? Even in school, when something happens, the school have grief counseling. So after the immediate sensation, where are our agents left in that area to help the residents with their day-to-day to pull the pieces back, and not only pull the pieces back together, but to help them to restructure and reshape the whole program itself. To examine what left the gaps and the pit holes in that community to allow certain things to take place. Where can we tighten up? What you mean, brother? You ain't allowed, okay? It was a defense issue then how can we tighten the defense? If it's an outbreak, particularly to people of African descent, how can we 
address the outbreak. If it's malnutrition, how can we programs up to address? You leave agents to work with the local populace to address the major issues, and then that revolutionary begins the hard work. He or she begins the hard work of inspiring these people to participate in their own edification, their own building, their own self-sufficiency, and eventually, in the long run, their own self-determination. That's the job of the revolutionary. Not to bring a hundred soldiers down. You can, the revolutionary, three will go in the city and build because they're building from the masses of the people, not to import, call all your chapters from all over the nation and converge on the goddamn city. Like you really about to take something. The Panther. Situations like I can't wait to go train with my brother in California. You send them to those people they train to get the know-how to go in the field and to train other potential revolutionaries with the same know-how that eventually it starts to spark in these if these are natives. If these are people from amongst those people, those locals, that's the work of the revolutionary. That's why I say it can be two or three to a city to identify a potential leader, but you have to do the work. See, the revolutionary has lost some of the revolutionary swagger addressing the day-to-day issue. We're either out there because we got a program or we out there protesting. But are we out there? One of the things I can say about Chairman Kahar, man, that he does religiously, faithfully, every time I go to Cleveland, he takes a panther stroll. Every morning he walks up to the library, the library knows they hold him free paper. And he cuts and zings and zags through the neighborhood. With that strut, any of you that know Chairman Carr, know my father, know that strut. He got that strut, and he gets strutting through these neighborhoods, and he's hey there, hi there, ho there, and they know him. And they know him, Panther Stroll. And he becomes not only a pillar in the community, not only a good motivational AA, I don't want to say mascot is diminished, what he does, but a, you know what I'm saying, that OG in the community, he becomes a beacon. Because if he goes, if he's not feeling well, and he's under the weather, somebody says, Yanga, go to the, go get me the paper. And I walk, first thing they say on the porch, where's your dad? Where Panther Man? Yo, bro, what's wrong with Panther Man? From this community interaction, so the revolutionary must, and from that is how to recruit to, he doesn't even have a Facebook page, and I'm sure he probably has one of the strongest chapters I've been in. He has sold it with him that go 10 years back that I came in the party with. Still faithful. Served. He doesn't even have a Facebook page. These trenches among the masses of the people, because these are some of the people that you're talking about, they don't have access to these computers. So Facebook is not doing it. So now the revolutionary has this dual job. This is why the revolutionary must study because, and why the revolutionary not only must study but must be one that is um, able to comprehend. Because they 
go to these studies, and it's not only about teaching the masses, but identifying that potential that can retain the message that you retain a revolutionary ideology, revolutionary understanding, revolutionary discipline, and revolutionary action. Not only must you teach the masses self-sufficiency. See, everybody is not a Stop trying. I mean, you can offer people to come, but when you throw a program, it ain't got to quit it. Try to recruit everybody in. Throw the program to empower the masses, inspire the masses to do for self, to identify that one, that one or two that's looking, that one or two that shows an interest, that one or two that when you have, we got one of the coldest aptitude tests. Then you train them. You see where they're at and begin to uh, duplicate yourself in that person because your time in that city or your particular time in that station or post may be coming to an end or the close. They move you to another thing because the revolutionary, the true revolutionary is multifaceted. They can operate and they're so studious. And what they do, they can operate, they can perform in in different roles. So, but in order for the masses to start to feel that revolutionary organization, in order for the masses to want to hear this ideology of black nationalism, because I've heard it before, I've seen it on YouTube, I think at the very least what they said, I think my uncle was one of those. Oh, yeah, my daddy was one of them. So this black nationalism must address their day-to-day. It must address the day-to-day. And it has to be pushed and promoted. It has to be turned and such. We have to begin to create a revolutionary culture. We must begin to create a revolutionary culture. A sense like I said, get past the so-called conscious community. In the day of information, we're a global community. So we must evolve into a society, start to set that vanguard, start to train brothers and sisters for this new way of thinking. Oh, we're pioneers. It's not going to be the most popular. It's lonely at times because it's mundane to them, the sound of it. It's not this fiery, ready, easy to accept a a rhetoric of just pure emotion. And a lot of that emotion hates because it doesn't take anything to think to be a brute and to tear down and want to destroy and want to kill. It's animal, it's animal. And since we're just a highly evolved animal, there's nothing wrong with having that ability to defend yourself, having that ferocity and and being that angry when coming to defend oneself. But the revolutionary must, the revolutionary has to be a visionary, has to begin to start to look in the terms of life as building. If I do this, does this aid to my cause? Is this, is my moral and ethical compass Black liberation struggle, black empowerment, black advancement. If I do this, if I do that. This is what the revolutionary is in the mind of building. 
and the revolutionary understanding it is a builder. Since the revolutionary, he or she are, are, is a carpenter, an artist of sorts, understands that it takes time to frame and paint this masterpiece. Yeah, we look around and we see, and I'm guilty of this sometimes. I see the other formations moving and doing this and doing that, and you're like, man. And I have to remind myself, too, man, there it is, I'm, what I talk about, Facebook. Because I've been programmed, like many of us, to accept what we see on some form of visual monitor. Television, Facebook, computer screen, your phone. fits in front of you and somebody's talking about it, this and that. Therefore, a little piece of us says it must be gospel, even if it's them talking about themselves. Just to see it on faith, therefore, it's a little bit. Some of that must be good. They're doing it. They're doing it. And more power to them if they are. But I shouldn't be so caught up and so blinded as to forget my mission. They're doing what they do, more power to their success. Wish them the best, sincerely. From our heart here at the People's Park, we do. But we, we won't become sidetracked from our mission. We won't indulge in vain and pointless competition for the anguish and misery and suffering of our people. Continue to go after our people and go after them in a way of not just having them pay dues and be able to recite some empty rhetoric, but actually trying to teach them methods and formulas and solutions to better their everyday living conditions. Isn't that what it's about? Isn't that what it's about? To better their everyday living conditions. For men to foster better relationships with their women for parents to foster better relationships with their children, for children to have better grades and a greater self-awareness and self-worth, for our communities value to go up. Not that we care what they say about a property value, but the value of the community goes up because we love clean communities. Because we love trees in our community and grass. We love parks. And we're not saying that we're part of this system, but we're saying that if money is allocated for our parks, and we want the money for our parks, so we attend community meetings. Oh, they reformers. Who's every reformers? We understand that the journey of a thousand miles starts with one footstep, so revolution, true change, starts with that first footstep of awareness. Many of us don't know how to participate in anything addressing our own communities or our own team. So at the very least, He's aware, he is he's aware of what's going on in their community in the very worst they went. The very worst they vote. How is it gonna hurt you and the revolutionary movement? But they're being aware of the hypocrisy. Thieves in their community that thousands of dollars have been advocated to fix potholes in the street because not all of us are criminals. Not all of us want to live in these impoverished conditions, but due to economic exploitation, the specific targeting of African-Americans first to fire, last to hire policy. These type of things due to those we're forced to live in some of these worst neighborhoods or not the best neighborhoods. So there are those of us who, now I purposely like staying in certain hoods. I believe in Change. You want to talk about reform? That's what I believe in reforming. Our neighborhoods 
This is what the revolutionary does. So we stand and able, and we want to know this money that's allocated to fix these streets. We're talking about cars being tore. We're talking about streetlights being out. What about that abandoned house that is not only a visual blight, not only a blight to um, look at in our community, but it also represents and uh, produces a hazard. It moonlights as a dope house. We don't know, you know, somebody got raped in it. Somebody just it 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 bring it is a bad element. So at the very least, if we're not to the point where our communities have come together and practice economic communalism, we had a monthly pot, we had a monthly due, we got it in, we've been at for a couple of years, that house right there is black, let the community buy it. And if we don't want to fix it up and turn it into a community house, a community center for the kids to go to and hang out, play video games, and safe zone, a zone that should be free from gangs, a zone free from drugs, if we don't turn it into that, we can level it. Take it into a park, a little ball field. Let's put a basketball goal up. We start to take interest in our own community and develop our own community. But they have these monies allocated for you, and some of us so big and bad and don't get into the revolution. We're so over it. Our minds are so far ahead, and it's good to have vision. But we have created this falsity, this fake like I call Michael Jackson's Never Never Land, that we don't address the immediate issues. So since we don't address the immediate issues, our people can't relate to us. Our people can't relate to us. So we get out there and get our people involved. At first, you're going to look like the army. Everything doesn't take a uniform. You know, we need to start getting T-shirts. At first, we're going to look like the odd man. You rapping to people. The manual says a panther without his fly is like a soldier without his weapon. You keep, I got a little folk, I keep a few of them with me. Keep a little backpack. Ain't nobody has you to have 500 flyers, have 15 to 20. Get in the habit of passing out five to ten flyers a day with the radio program on it, with our national hotline, with our email. Because, yo, when you walk and when you feel it, say, brother, here you go, man. This is right here, Black Panther. When you feel it, brother, still do selective recruiting. Brother, they say, hey, bro, what, what's your name, gang? This black, this for real? Black Panther's for real, man. Come on, man. Black Panther, man. Boy, when the Black Panther be here, man? But see, that takes work, because now you got to have a program. See, when you're in the streets and you're in there with the, the trenches and the masks, you got to have a program. You got to possibly have a meat I don't care if it's in the park. You got to talk to them. I don't care if you got to meet them one-on-one. Well, you know what? Meet you at the, I don't care, whatever. If you got a little black cafe, if you don't have one right there, it might be the Starbucks. Meet me at the Starbucks, brother, and we'll rap day-to-day, face-to-face, flesh-to-flesh. Not on Facebook, but in your face. And you start to develop and cultivate soldiers like that because now I can talk to you. Brother, I don't have time for that. Man, how can I read you, man? Catch me on Facebook. Brother, I'm a real brother, brother. I'm not, I'm not saying that ain't real, but, yo, I'm good if I get on Facebook, if I got the time today, let alone find someone to get on to that. How can I be down? And you build with them, and you address these issues, and 
Then he'll go back and he'll take the moment. Next time you might meet with the brother once a week. You might. My partner Leroy, I won't hear what you're saying. And you go from two and then to another month, three and four, and then you got four or five brothers, a couple sisters. Now you step it up. Let's meet here. Let's do this. They're going to come and go, fall off. They're going to fluctuate because you're going to start to ask them to be more involved. All the while addressing the day-to-day issues with the solutions of, of revolutionary black nationalism, revolutionary pan-Africanism, the importance of it, how it is important to address those things, you know, that affect us. Like I said, man, we can go, you go to the community meetings. Have them flyers. Pass out a few. Be discreet. You know, sit down in your seat. You see somebody lean forward. Hey, I just want to give you this. I got you. After the show, I, talk, I, talk, I got you. Just wait. I got you. I got you. I'll talk to you later. Let me talk to you after, okay? No, we're not disrespectful. Don't come in nobody's place disrespectful. It's just we have a message to the masses of people, and we feel that this is all-inclusive movement. That I wouldn't have a problem should we have a meeting somewhere that you pass a flyer. The more, the merrier. The more information, the better. The more resources, the better. <clears throat> the more training, the better. So having our flyers, remembering that we are the revolutionary. So the revolutionary is what? Anti-sensationalist, anti-rhetoric. The revolutionary does what? Practices a applicable, realistic black nationalist. That's what the revolutionary does. That's what we have to constantly remember. And it's and it's like I said, and it is a struggle. It is a struggle, especially when you're a a uh, studied like many of us are studied revolutionary or a student of revolution. I'm not saying a master teacher. I'm saying a student of revolution. A lot of times we can become students of revolution. We read these books and we want the revolution now. We want sometimes reminiscent of Dewey now. We read that. That's what I want. No, you don't. No, you don't. I'm sure if you could talk to them realistically, they couldn't tell you how many times they probably poo-pooed their pants. Just realistic. When bullets are whizzing and it gets real, some of you are scared to go to jail now for traffic tickets. So, no, you don't. But looking at the revolutionary, but looking at what they did in a whole getting away from the romanticism and the vitriolism, and looking at what they did as a whole, as a collective, to hold the totality of the thing. What they were trying to accomplish, and one of their things, one of their, their power base was the black community. But how that became the power base was they're addressing the issues that they need in their day-to-day living. Our babies ain't eating before they go to school. Therefore, they get low test scores or they can't focus, they can't concentrate, you know, let alone let's address the issue of nutrients in our community, our children, are malnutrition, not getting the things they need, not poor basic food groups and all those other things. So the feeding program, this is what we talked about, program, difference between a project and a program. The project addresses that immediate issue, that immediate thing. But the program, see, addresses multi, it, it, multiple issues over a longer period of time. 
to eventually working to eradicate that ill. You know what I'm saying? Not just a symptom, not just hunger. It didn't go to eradicate just the hunger, but they did ideological training to eradicate the cause of hunger, which is that which was a capitalist imperialist system. So they addressed the project with the feeding was the grits. The program was the ideological training. They addressed the hunger issue with his ideological training to point out and educate you to what caused the symptom. It wasn't the disease. The disease was this capitalist imperialist understanding and practices of exploitation and oppression of African people in America. That was the disease. That was the illness. That was the sickness. The symptom was hunger, one of the many symptoms. So they addressed the symptom. So this is what we say we have to get. That's what made them effective. And I think that the People's Party, that's what we keep beating up and going over. Let's go to our phone line. Dr. Justice, mic is open. Yes. Uh, Black Power, sir, I'm listening to the show, and I'm Black thinking Power. about all of the uh, the things that, that you're saying, most especially um, the things that we are definitely not aware of. Uh, I think I was um, saying earlier today, I was talking about um, since uh, Radical Wednesdays, <laughs> I was thinking about uh, being revolutionary 24 hours a day, seven days a week, wake and eat and sleep this thing. Uh, to know that I have uh, Netflix, you know, to be able to watch Netflix, but whenever I want to see anything that is um, black or African-centered, they don't have it. They'll say something like, I mean, right on down to the color purple, they'll say something like the color purple, and they give you all these B-movies and stuff people don't, you know, that's really not mainstream. Um, again, you know, like you were telling me about accountable spending, and and, and and that revolutionary mind kicks right in when you don't see things like that. And like you said, um, there are a lot of individuals that are doing this thing as a hobby. And they can tell they're doing it as a hobby because it's not something they think about on a regular basis. But our um, our mindset as a revolutionary should find us convicted each time we see something like that. No black cinema. <laughs> are you kidding me? And this is something that you're paying for once a month. Uh, what do you right. what, what what's the purpose? Um, uh, you on you 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 really speaking the truth, sir? And I'm I'm hoping that um, I'm hoping that a lot of folks are actually taking in what you're saying because this is some real good PE. That's what I wanted to say. Black power, sir, stand strong. Black power, black power. Thank you. And that's absolutely right. You know, the minister's right. Something like that. She and I were talking, and we're talking about Netflix. How many of us, these are some things that I mean that you can start with. And there's a prime example. How many of us have Netflix? Let's be realistic. Let's not get into this super conscious thing that we don't have televisions and radios. All we do is sit around and beat drum and wear dashikis, and we know that's not the actual factual. But that we have Netflix, and Netflix has no black cinema. Now, this is what we talk about accountable spending. It's something that simple. Now, we should call in Netflix and demand a better variety. You got it. You got it. They catered to every other people. Because those people say, hey, you know what? We'll we'll ban Netflix. We won't even support Netflix and put them under, knock a dent in them. So how many African Americans got Netflix, not just on their television, but on their phones, their tablets, their laptops? And Netflix has the poor black media. But we are so accustomed. We have developed a sense of apathy towards society and our participation in society. 
that our day to day is consists of being pushed around with no thought of the future, with no thought of stability for us as a people in the future, just thoughts of how I'm going to make it and how my kids are going to make it, individualism, because that's been cultivated in us. So like the sister was saying, the revolutionary begins to see the life from a revolutionary lens. They start to think, so like she said, man, wait a minute, how many black people got Netflix? I'm paying this for month to month. I can't even see color purple. An award-winning film? Alice Walker did her thing. Can't see color purple? You see? So the revolution that begins to want to see and demand the power of the dollar that they participate in, whether that's willingly or unwillingly. Why people people say, oh, man, that you know, getting into that politics stuff, it doesn't work, this, so on and so forth. I understand all what you're saying, brother. And like I said, I'm not telling you to be a reformist, but I'm telling you that I could get a piece of that money if you're working. Oh, they oh they they take oh they taxing you. So hell at the very least I want to be able to say something for my dollar. Shit, they founded a whole country on that. Didn't they say no taxation without representation? You ain't gonna tax us and we can talk. No taxation without representation to Britain. Isn't that what they said? They founded the country on that shit. They meant that. And they fought for that. They dumped tea in the harbor and shit, blamed it on Native Americans. Boy, they nonetheless, they meant no taxation without representation. So here we go through, we experience being taxed on everything, and you Negroes don't even want to show up to a community meeting and open your mouth because this government has done nothing. I ain't got nothing to do with this, man. to do with you. So we begin to, the revolutionary begins to train its people to be a self-sufficient people. And in order to be a self-sufficient people, a people must think that self-sufficiency is achievable. They must believe that self-sufficiency is the only salvation, the only answer, being able to do for themselves. They have to stop believing in the safety net of a system that has not offered them a safety net. You got to look at when they've treated you so bad, when they have just completely, completely brutalized you, not just physically but psychologically brutalized you and humiliated you to the extent that now they don't put your face in shit, they put your face in mud, you think that's a step up. You think you've arrived, that you've made it. You see, so the people must begin to understand and to start to feel uncomfortable with being dependent on other people. And it would be easy to do because that nature would kick in if they were provided with, like Steve Warren and I were talking about one time, if they were provided with other economical outs that lended them, yielded them some real earnings, some earnings they can live off of. They will begin to explore other options, but we want to get in here and play conscious and not back our, our communities or our conscious societies up with real uh, substance, with real economic substance and benefits. I don't care if the black businesses have to offer a black card. 
yo, if you pay so much into the community pot, you get $5 off every black business you go into for whatever. We must create our own rewards, our own incentives for us to work with one another and these incentives and rewards that we create to encourage us to work with one another has to translate for business for that black business, real business for that black business, but also that black business must provide stability and that economic backing to black society. They will be our backs, if you will, until we can establish that. That's what we back our thing with. This black business backs my black label and this and that. And all of it is directed for our community. We have to stop being exploited. Sorry, exploited people. So the revolutionary begins to teach that. The revolutionary starts to find revolution because the revolutionary understands the power of movement. That it takes a movement. The 60 and 70 revolution was not just a black organization. So that's what we see without grasping the whole complete picture how complex and intricate the working and interweavings of the 1960s and 70s movement was. It wasn't just the Panthers. It wasn't the era that just brought us tough leather jackets and black berets, but it brought us the music. What's going on? Marvin Gaye. I'm black and I'm proud. All these up war. What are we here? It brought us all of these music, this music. It brought us literature. It brought us art. It brought us Alvin Haley's dance company. It brought us dance. It brought us theater. It brought us the dashiki. It brought us the black fisted comb. It brought in Afro, so it brought in style, hairstyle. It was a movement. And then a movement that addressed that day to day. It addressed that day to day. That's what helped them get through. That's what they understood. This is what the Christians they brought in the Christian movement. And black people took the Christian movement, and that's what they had given us in this strange land when they divorced us from everything we had. So that day to day, we had to build on what they given us because we're in a foreign land with a foreign language and a foreign culture. So you can only build with the blocks they give you. But, oh, they don't know with the blocks that they give you. You can only build with the blocks they give you, but you build structures and architects and edifices that are natural to your being as an African. So even with the building blocks that they had given us, these what we constructed were great structures and wonderments that were particular to a people of greatness, to an African people. So we go into the 60s with that mindset and a little more knowledge. And we developed a movement. We came away from that. We said, okay, you know, that's how we got acclimated to this land, but now we didn't kind of developed a flag. We kind of got the language enough where we can understand one another. We kind of got a vibe where we can deal with one another. After being a variety of African tribes and oppressed and brutalized and trying to just figure out what the hell was going on, we went through four or five hundred years of that. Now we got that, so we kind of dig in each other, kind of get in a groove. And so we'll try to be, we'll try to integrate with you guys. Because that's what you, in that, what you made us be, in that why you gave us Christianity, in that why you taught us your language, in that why you made us eat your foods, in that why you gave us your clothes. Didn't you want us to be you? And we tried to integrate, and they said, no, nigga, no. Wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm confused. Because you could have left my ass alone in Africa. 
and you gave me all this to make me assimilate now, saying you don't want to be with me. So from that, we seen that was probably one of the best things that could have happened to us as a people because then the black power movement was born. Okay, you're not going to accept me, but I'm not going to lay down and die. I'm not a worthless nigga. My language is not nothing. My skin complexion is not bleak and not dark and not dismal and not evil and not filthy. It's none of those things that your dictionary says that black is. Black is beautiful. Black is proud. Black is bold. And black is powerful. And they couldn't stand it because our day-to-day those went through even greater repression than we face today when the racism and the brutality was over. Blatant. They didn't care to turn on the news camera. They beat your ass in front of that camera and turn holes on you and stick dogs to bite children and women. Even when it was that Blake, black was still beautiful. It's still beautiful. We still proud and it's still power. And so they attacked the movement. They attacked the movement. And not only did they attack the movement, see, when they attacked the movement that held you to deal with your day-to-day, they had to attack your ideology. So you no longer believe dualism. They attacked your ideology by locking your leaders up, murdering your leaders. See, that's one of the mistakes that we had made in the, all the scholars was our warriors. So they started snatching them off the streets and locking them up and gunning them down. And the revolution not only took a hit in the Department of Soldier Development, Street Development, being in the trenches and developing actual programs, but it took a hit in the ideological development. Because the scholars and the thinkers were locked up. And so we come into our time, our era, when society is oppressed and the need for this arises again. And our brother Aaron Michael answers that call. And they begin to do things to address the day-to-day that affected their locale. Grassroots. Addressing those issues that affected the day-to-day and other things that taking place and shit happened to where when you had this mass explosion in the shuffle of it all, the primary mission from the influx of coming in and not having a proper, the revolutionaries, not giving the platforms, I don't know all the intricates, and I'm not going to go to the people that know, no. But we're saying the duty of the revolutionary is to make sure that those people in that locale have what they need to address their day-to-day, to empower them as a community, as a people. That's what we're, that's what we're looking at. And that's going to be where our salvation lies as far as the revolutionary. He or she uh, 
Matt, give me some water, brothers and sisters. But, um, the revolutionary, the revolutionary must be consistent. The revolutionary must be consistent through all the, through the hard, through the difficulty. Forever finding balance. I'm sorry, brothers and sisters, I got distracted. Finding that balance through it all. Um, Sister Justice, I'm going to open your mic for a minute. Are you there, Queen? Yes, sir, I'm still here. Okay. I'm going to need you to take the floor for two minutes. Well, um, when we start to talk about uh, the revolutionaries' um, everyday mindset, you know, I don't know, I don't understand why a lot more of us are not sharing our experiences on having a mindset of, um, of also, you know, just, just being aware, being awake. It's really hard. To, uh, it's really hard not to see a lot of the things that are subliminally happening to us on a daily basis. I wish that um, we could uh, more share our experiences because I just gave mine, and that was the one with me happening, just happening to notice that Netflix doesn't even have the color purple. There's other things that happen on a daily basis, um, such as being followed around in the store, you know, if you were not a revolutionary, I think that you would get angry about it, but the revolutionary in you is always convicted when it comes to things like that to be able to say, hey, what's going on and how could this possibly be happening to me? Um, as far right. as our monies and our, and our dollars are concerned, we're spending money on on various various items, but how many things are um, how many things have our best interests at heart? I remember taking a look at um, uh, the Corrections Corporation of America, and what I found out was that uh, Thurgood, Thurgood Marshall's son sits on the board. And I said, I know this man is flipping around in his grave, and the fact of the matter is, again, there goes our tax dollars. There, there go our tax dollars. And then you have individuals that are actually buying into, buying stock in that place. Hell, at one point, I was even saying the people that are constantly going back and forth to that to that prison or uh, behind enemy lines, buy stock in it. <laughs> because at least you got to say in how you're living while you're in there. A lot of people do not right. like that. But being accountable with your spending, being accountable with your own money, you know, this is your money, and you can spend it any way you want to. And if you want to go in and out of these places that have absolutely no interest in you, then I think that needs to be taken a look at. But if you own stock in it, I think you got to say it, especially if you make it a career to be going in and out, um, out from behind enemy lines. Uh, it's a whole lot of other things that we can take a look at. You know, when it comes to our food, I've seen somebody put um, Whole Foods has finally come to Newark, really. <laughs> how many people sit on the board of Whole Foods, how many black folks sit on the board of Whole Foods, and what is actually going to happen downtown Newark? Gentrification is in effect. It's in effect, yeah. but somebody is glad that they're there. <laughs> That's the part that gets me. Um, yeah. 
Another phenomenon I have been taking a look at is that um, as a people, we don't generally put our folks in um, nursing homes. But what is beginning to happen is that um, for a lot of people that I listen to, the pressure is being put on them to put their elders in nursing homes. Then you got to wonder to yourself, these folks that want to prosecute you and give you a hard time about putting these elders in these nursing homes, what we actually find out is that these people are um, who's sitting on the boards of these things, who's sitting on the boards to make sure that this is happening. But just more food for thought, and I'm going to turn it back over to you, Brother Chairman, so when you're a revolutionary, that revolutionary mindset convicts you or uh, should convict you throughout your day two or three times a day, black power. Black power. I appreciate that. to give me a glass of water. Uh, and and that's absolutely right. Um, as far as, like you were saying, going back to the accountable spending, that everything that re- reflects the black revolutionary, the revolutionary becoming conscious of just everything around here, and how all of those things, how all of those things affect, you know, and, and starting off small. Like I go back to I always touch on that I think that we have romanticized the revolution so much that we just don't look at the immediate things that we can do to begin the process of revolutionizing masses of the people. You know, starting with right there with yourself and your neighbors. For finding those things to do, and the necessity, and the necessity for that, you know, and the necessity for that. There's a need for um, the basic, the basic fundamental steps. You know, our people actually need that. It has we have been assaulted on a day-to-day level. We are assaulted on a day-to-day level. And if, 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 if our revolution, if our movement towards that don't address those things, then it's all for naught, man. It is just all really a costume show, a smoke and mirror, a pony show, basically. So what's going to lend the substance to it? What are we going to do to bring back that real oomph to it? I know what the answer is. The answer is revolutionary black nationalism. But how? The method. This is where the revolutionary runs into that challenge. This is where we, you know, where I would encourage all people of African descent to join some progressive revolutionary movement, progressive black organization, even if it's not the People's Black Panther Party, some formation that works collectively to start to address that at least has, at the very least, has think tanks to really look at these problems and issues and come up with some applicable scientific conclusions and some ways that we can apply them, that they can be applicable, like I said, in, 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 in our everyday living. And then having the organiz- then having the mechanisms, having the organization to be just that organized enough start to implement programs that will address these issues through the ideology of revolutionary black nationalism. See, I'm thoroughly convinced that that is going to be the only thing that works for us here in America. The only thing. We've tried everything else. We've tried integration. Here, we're in the stages of even trying apathy right now. We, 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 we don't give a damn. We go to work, pay our taxes, 
go to the grocery store, come back home, do it all again, go through the, the rigmarole, the, the pre-taxes, you know, be what's expected of us type of thing. Even in our interactions with our children and our women, a certain way that we interact. So there's nothing, don't have these the smallest things distort to spark seeds of empowerment, seeds of self-worth, a, a yearning a, to, to stir the seed for the yearning to be independent and self-sufficient, for them to be able to see our children, to be able to see that we're in the matrix and that they have a responsibility and an obligation to their people to advance them. We don't know what that looks like. We haven't come to sit and talk with other black nationalists, say what is an everyday small, start out with a small small program I can do to begin that process and that journey. Because without that, I ask, I question, what is the fight for? I understand I'm Marxist witness and that even, but even Huey, in starting out, addressed specifically the black community, making it a black nationalist. Well, Huey wasn't a black nationalist. He might not say black nationalist, especially in the in the scientific understanding of. But they were black nationalist programs. They were programs basically of self sufficiency and showed the black community that they had everything they needed in their community, to be self-sufficient. Yeah, it was a humanitarian movement, but since when do black people see you, they, we start to get this, what I'm talking about, the revolutionary starts to understand mindsets that are counterproductive, counter-revolutionary, that are counter to how a healthy revolutionary should think, a sane revolutionary anyway. And you begin to, you say that, you know, are they went for black, they were for human race, but we are so sick that we've removed ourselves from the human race. We act like we can't say black and, and human race and that they're, you know, that they're not synonymous. I'm human and I'm black. I'm black and I'm human. So it doesn't make me not a humanitarian because I'm for black nationalism. It makes me a rational black man. It makes me rational. It makes me logical. It makes me sane. It is insanity to not want to see the people to which you belong to succeed as a people. I'm not even talking about material-wise. I'm talking about health-wise, psychologically, and socially. Yes, economically, but that ain't even the first thing I'm talking about in any way, shape, form, or fashion. It's insane not to want to see your people succeed, especially the people you belong to. And that's what happens to us. We have run from who we are. Therefore, when you run from who you are, you have to be someone. You have to identify with something. So you find us identifying with everything other than our African self, the African, black nationalist African. I'm not just going to say African because we got some very Afrocentric people out there, but they're so African that they're not even addressing black nationalists, the African black nationalist experience, that experience that won't, will not discount slavery as a real experience in the in the African saga. 
I won't discount it because to discount that discounts the countless heroes and sheroes that arose up out of that turbulent, savage, barbaric time. And I won't not um, uh, or I will not not acknowledge my ancestors, my ancestry that made us and that gave us the thinking of black nationalists, Martin Delaney, up to the Malcolm X's. And actually, that's a disservice to my ancestry now, and I'm not going to do that. So black nationalism is not a dirty word, but we've been taught that any type of communalism, any type of coming together is racist or is bad in some sense. And you'll find those of us, even those of us who claim to be revolutionary, running from the very thought of black nationalism. They say, man, you with that hate, I ain't with that, I ain't with that. And that's not what it's about at all. I don't care if you are Uh, Like I said, that's not what it's about at all. Black nationalism is simply saying that me as a black person here in America have unique issues and problems that are specific and particular to me, some of them by design and deliberate, some of them by self-destructive behavior. Nonetheless, they have to be addressed, and they must be addressed by people who look, share the same experience, talk like I talk, and all of that good stuff. They must be addressed by those people that no other people can come in and tell me what the damn problem is and how to fix my problem. See, that's... That's been the problem. You want me to you want me to tell you what your problem is, black man, black woman? We've allowed everyone to come in and to diagnose us and not only diagnose but to give us a prescription for the very problems that they're causing. If I got somebody yelling in my ear, banging horns in my ear, I tell them I got a he- headache. <clears throat> and out of that ear. Especially if they're the one causing the well, I'm going to go to the one causing the headache to relieve the headache. You see? So you say, well, we don't have any doctors in our community. How are we going to relieve the headache? Can we create that? The community, the black nation, black society must be li- like a living organism. And as organisms evolve, they start to develop the antibodies and the various bacteria and the various things that will guarantee and ensure that continuance and the revolution must do the same thing. The revolutionary, that's the revolutionary job. It must do the same thing, constantly pointing out the contradictions in society, the contradictions that hinder the development of black people, the contradictions that keep us in a certain class, a certain state of mind. The revolutionary must point them out and not only point out the contradictions, but also provide solutions to address these contradictions and to balance the scales. And that's not an overnight process. That is a gradual process because it involves not only study, not only uh, um, analyzing situations in deep thought, but also identifying other people with like concerns and who are serious and committed to affecting change for African people and them reaching out and networking and so on and so forth. 
is real. And until we start to see it as real and perceive it as real, then we always be the side thing that we do. Brothers and sisters will be the downfall. Not making it a not making it an aspect of our everyday existence. Like to go back to what the sister was saying, not looking at it even when it comes to Netflix. Seeing it in all things. Seeing a power be the power of our dollar, our participation, or our, our spending. Seeing it being underappreciated, taken advantage of. Your hard-working money, my hard-working money. Seeing it being taken advantage of. That you're not even uh, worth that they are banking so much on your unaccountable spending that they don't even cater to you in that way. Your movies are not reflective on this. Yet I'm willing to guarantee probably we probably make up the majority of subscribers. I'm, I, I, I would love, love to see the statistics on that. We probably pick up the majority of subscribers. If we don't, we're very close. We're very close. So we're not even, I think, it's not reflected or either or has it. We've become so assimilated that we don't even produce those type of movies anymore. That we don't demand them because they're not relevant. We don't feel like that they're relevant to us anymore, that we don't identify. Are we that far gone? I don't know, though. I don't know, because then you got these movies, these eternal movies and things of that nature. So, I mean, there's just some things to think about. There's some things to think about. So, like I said, we must think about our day-to-day development. And in thinking about our day-to-day development, come up with strategies to counter the ill effects of being over in this white-dominated thinking, anyway, society, this capitalist society where exploitation of the people is the order of the day. You know, we'll get what you can is the order of the day. Brothers and sisters, you know, I implore us to really think about, you know, the topic today. Think about our revolutionary understanding. We're going to cut it. Germany's not feeling too well. Um, But as always, it has been a pleasure coming, exchanging ideas with us, Having this opportunity, um, it's your chairman, your national chairman, People's Black Panther Party, on a radical Wednesday. I leave you as I greeted you with all power to the people, black African power to African people, and black power. <laughs>